Welcome back, Jesse. It's nice to have you again. Jake, how are you? How was uh, how was your master's viewing experience for the first time in November? It was uh, obviously, you know, didn't get to see the azaleas that I'm used to, but it was a different experience for all of us. Uh, different, yeah, different, different experience. Also, um, on the course, this year's winner, obviously, was Dustin Johnson at minus 20. Last year, the winner was Tiger Woods at minus 13. Why do you think such a big differential? Well, the obvious answer is because the course was softer, um, which means not just softer in the fairways, but softer on the greens. So basically, everybody in the field could just hit their shot 10, 15, you know, if you're I know that the TV, they only show all the good shots, right? So it makes it seem like every guy, everybody's really, really good. Yes, everybody's really, really good. But some people hit some stinker shots. But like the guys that are good, they hit it in there every time within 20 feet. And the ball was just going to stop right there, right? You didn't see a lot of those shots where you hit, hit it 10 feet past the green and it zips 30 feet back, right? You didn't see too much of that because the greens were too soft. So that was one of the reasons. Two, uh, why the scores were so low. I'll just kind of retract what I said. These guys are really freaking good. So when you put them on a course like that, something's going to happen. Are there any uh, surprises from this weekend? Obviously, there was only there only could be one winner, but any guys mm -hmm. that maybe you didn't even place too, too high that, that you thought really, really impressed you or played above what they usually do or guys that kind of fell off a little bit from the pace they were setting? Yeah, I mean, Dustin Johnson is the – I'm pretty sure he's the second-ranked player in the world, and he gets overlooked all the time for some reason, probably just because of his demeanor. So, like, I know when we talked before, and, like, I don't think I mentioned DJ, which is, like, ridiculous to think of because he's, like – when he's really playing really well, he's, like, the best – he's unbeatable because he can hit it really far. He can chip. He can putt. He can do everything. So, like, that was – DJ winning – I mean, it's surprising, but it's also not surprising. I was going to um, say, it seemed like he kind of got overlooked, especially in our conversation. And it, looking back, he was tied for second last year at minus 12 with a couple other yeah, guys. Yeah, and for how well yeah. he's been playing, I'm pretty sure he won another major this year too. So it was weird that he wasn't in that top flight conversation. It seems like people were really, really obsessed with Bryson, wondering if Tiger could repeat. Uh, he kind of got lost in the shuffle there, which it seems happens a lot to him. But, I mean, to his credit, he played phenomenal. Minus 20 at the, at the Masters, five ahead of the next closest guy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he has he has the Masters all-time scoring record, which is pretty cool. Um, the lowest score ever. Uh, it was a tie between Jordan Spieth in 2015 and Tiger in 97, I think. So, pretty cool that he went out there and did that. I mean, there's not going to be an asterisk around this, but there could be. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he won the FedEx Cup this year, which Ball was probably like, all excited about because I guess ball's all about the FedEx Cup, you know. Um, but he won that earlier in the year and he's been playing really well. But the funny thing is, earlier in the year, uh, he shot 80, 80, and a 78 in a world, in a, there was a world golf, golf championship. You don't, there's no cuts, everybody plays. So in three rounds, about 80, which is 10 over par, 80, which was 10 over par, and 78, which is really like that's really bad for those guys, right? And you would. Uh, he was he'll he'll be crapped the whole year and fast forward a couple months and he just won the Masters so that's really cool. Other surprises, I'm not surprised, just people that I'm gonna stand out or talk about. Cam Smith, he finished second at 15 under. Um, 
listen to this. He's the first person ever in the Masters history in the 80, uh, 85, maybe 83, 84, you know, the Masters to shoot uh, 60s all four rounds. And he's so lost. So <laughs> RIP to him. Um, he's a he's a good player, though. He's from Australia. Um, he's young. Um, Rory turned it on. He had a backdoor top 10. He pl- he shot 75, which was through the, the uh, on on Thursday. And everybody thought he has nothing. It's weird. Rory always does this. If he would just have one good day, he would win every tournament. Um, but, yeah, I mean. If you're not looking at DJ, he was a 20 under. If you take him out of the equation, 15 under last year was what? 12 under. What did I say on Saturday or whenever we, we did this before the, the winner of the masters is usually 10, 12, 13, unless somebody goes out and goes crazy like DJ did. So. Yeah. T- yeah. Well, like I said, Tiger was minus 13 and won it last year. Yeah. Yeah. 13, I'm, looking, yeah. I'm looking now, like you said, Rory plus three on that first day. If you know, even if he gets a minus two, minus three, that's a five foot sw- five point swing, uh, you know, uh-huh. for, for the minus, and that gets him in the second, which is, you know, not winning, but much a much bigger payday. No, and if you look at it this way, it's like uh, if we put it in football terms, if a team starts out, I don't know, one and four, right, and it's really tough to make up. You still can like, look at the Steelers last year. They finished eight and eight. Even it's a good year. They would have won one game, two games or whatever. They would have been right in it. If Rory goes out and shoots even on the first day, which would be 72, that saves him three strokes. And he's for the rest of the tournament in it. Right. Yeah. Really DJ and all these guys, they really weren't worried about him because he was so far back Yeah. from the first day. Yeah. I mean, just something, just something, incredible scores just you know really really solid four days of golf um uh, mm-hmm. one thing that we didn't touch on before and which is weird is it's seaball the fedex cups give us a general breakdown you don't have to go too into detail how are the fedex uh like how do you get points you do you ever see whose line is it anyway what was it no i don't think so yeah, okay. There was a TV show back in – Drew Carey was the host. And it was who's, it was called Whose Line Is It A? And one of the things was the show where the points don't matter and basically it was something like that, right? So basically nobody really has a good idea where the – I mean, you get points for playing well. But in my mind, like, these guys, they could give it give a craps about the FedEx Cup. But FedEx Cup points, you get it for placing in tournaments. Every tournament has points. Um, that's why when the beginning of the year, you'll see like Joe, Joe Bahomey, like number one in FedEx Cup because nobody else is playing. Right. Yeah. So the first couple months of the year, you're like, oh, my goodness, Joe Bahomey's going to win the FedEx Cup. And then like DJ plays like two tournaments, the bigger tournaments, and he gets some points and he's never, he goes up number one. So that's yeah, where so it comes from. They're obviously weighted. Like, you, yeah. know, you know, certain ones are weighted. I'm looking here. Dustin Johnson has 950 points. He's in first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is in second with 698, so 252 points back. Mm-hmm. That is the same difference, 252, between Bryson at two and mm-hmm. roughly Peter Malnati at 15. So, I mean, to say that Johnson has been, you know, the most consistent, yeah. uh, has shown up in the biggest tournament is not an understatement. Uh, he's really left his mark on this 2020 yeah. golf season. 
for sure. Um, the cool thing is we have about 140 days until the next Masters, and um, hopefully there's some patrons there, maybe a little bit more than there was here because it was weird uh, watching it without any. Um, so that made a difference. The course will show its teeth a little bit more in April, um, but also who knows because this course is never in this, in this time. So that may kind of mess some things up. Um, do want to give a shout out to two people that I was watching. Um, where was he? Andy Ogletree. So the the Masters they invite amateurs to play. So uh, amateurs are people that aren't professional golfers, like people that are still in college or haven't declared them as a professional yet. Um, so one thing, Andy here, he finished tied for thirty fourth. I don't have the money list up. He didn't win any of that money because he's still an amateur, but he was the low amateur at the masters, um, which uh, that's something like Tiger has done. And like, I mean, there's a low amateur every year, but notable players, Tiger, stuff like that. So shout out to him. He played really well. He played in the first, first two rounds with Tiger, I'm sure, which is tough. And also shout out to Tiger, because if you're watching on Sunday, he made a 10 on number 13, which that's Tiger's first 10 in 20,000 uh, holes on the professional tour. And then he backed it up with birdies on five out of the last six. So that's Tiger for you. That is uh, That shows that pros can can hit tens as well, you know, get some snowmans. Not just, it happens. Not just, it does, it happens. Yeah. yeah one, uh, one final question for you, Jesse. Now that you, you mentioned 140 days till the next master, what do mm-hmm. golfers do to wind down during this period? Do they go on vacation? Do they keep playing? Do they stick to maybe, you know, a lab setting rather than hitting the course? What do you do to That's wind a, down? That's a good question. Um, these guys, they have the ability to go wherever. I mean, a, a lot of these guys, they go down to Florida, California, wherever, and they'll work on stuff, work on stuff as in what they need to get better at, what they need to maintain, Um so like DJ, if you ever watch him on TV or to hear him, he's the most nonchalant dude ever. Kepka, right? I know you're probably a big Kepka guy big because Kepka of another guy. podcast. Yeah, you know. Um, Kepka, I'm sure what he does is works out, hits some nuts, works out, hits some golf shots, doesn't really stress about it. On the flip side of the coin, you probably have your guys like DeChambeau, which one I'm going to talk about this didn't really did you hear what he said after Sunday oh he was ailing he was all hurt yeah he was he was dizzy yeah so I'm I'm sure we lost five fans he had left by saying that but him he'll probably go back um he's going to tinker with equipment one of the big things this week was uh, a longer with a longer driver shaft I know that may not mean anything to you but essentially uh these guys are trying to hit the ball as far as they can right within the control so your standard driver shaft is 45 inches long um uh bryson was thinking about using a 48 inch driver which is the longest you can do right so basically he's trying to hit it as far as he can but it didn't really work for him one of the guys that um did use longer driver shaft was um dylan fratelli he used a 46 and a half inch driver shaft and his ball and he finished high for um high for fifth. so thing is saying about what things guys may do they'll probably go tinker with equipment this upcoming month 
Um, well, when Titleist came out with a new driver, a lot of the club companies, the, the pros already have them in their hands. They'll be releasing them to the public and they'll be kind of releasing them more. So they'll probably be tinkering with equipment. And then also just kind of chill because you can really play golf on the tour all year round. It's nice to have some time off. What do I do? I need a freaking break. Um, <laughs> I'll probably go hit a couple balls every once every month, but then back. It's like riding a bike. Once March comes, you'll pick it back up and you're good to go if you're if you've done it long enough. So. Oh, absolutely. It's with anything. Sometimes, especially whenever that's what you do, seven days mm-hmm. a week, especially for you know, uh, you know, longer stretch of the year, it's good to take some time off, decompress a little bit. Uh, don't let it consume you, and. Mm-hmm. That way you can come back refresh. That's at least my opinion. That's why I think off seasons and other sports are so important. Um, yep. And having like a healthy off season, a lot like a, 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 enough time off. And uh, golf's the same way. Even these guys aren't on a team. It's not as you know physically gruesome in terms of you know taking on combat. Uh, it mm-hmm. you know it obviously takes a wear on your body. Traveling, playing. I mean, so I I can barely get through eighteen in a day. These guys play eighteen four days in a row. So Obviously, there's a level yep. of conditioning and everything that maybe the average fan doesn't quite understand. No, it's uh, you'd be surprised. You take any average Joe and have them go walk 18 holes at any golf course, and they're going to be tired, right? These guys aren't taking carts. Granted, they're not carrying their bag, but they're still walking, and there's a there's a lot, you know, the endorphins and the adrenaline running through you that worries you out, and just doing it four days in a row. Like, sure, I could go out and shoot 65 somewhere, right? I'm, I'm a decent enough golfer, but it's the thing is like DJ did that. He shot 65, 70, 75, 68, he did that four days in a row. That, that's really, really impressive. Be able to be and not lose your head and not lose your cool or not get frustrated and hit the ball in the right spot in the right time, 72 times in a row. So really cool. Yeah. I like to compare uh, loosely golfing all kind of, kind of to being like a starting pitcher. Uh, you're not asked to go out there every day, but when you're asked to go out there, even though, you know, you're not running around, you know, you're confined to your mound, but what you're doing is taking a toll on you. And that, and that's why you've got to be great for, if it's 80 pitches, a hundred pitches, a golfer has to be great for 72 holes in order to win. Yep. And we'll kind of, I'll kind of close on this thing. You said golfers like a pitcher. You're also like a pitcher because if you're the pitcher, you're the, Grant, there's some little aspects. If you're pitching, you control the game, right? You, if you give up a home run, that's not your shortstop's fault, right? That's your fault because you threw a meatball right down the middle of the plate. If you're golfing and you hit a bad shot, you can't blame your caddy. You can't blame your player. You can't blame anything else. You can only blame yourself, right? So if you're out, if you're pitching, you're controlling the game. If you're golfing, you're, you're the only one controlling your golf ball. So that's why I, as a former pitcher, I kind of find a connection to golf where you're the one, you can't blame anybody else. You got to control it. And if you can control it the best, you're probably going to have a good chance to win at the end of the week. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jesse, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm glad we got to talk last week to preview it. And now that it's wrapped up, we're glad uh, you found some time to, to hop back on and give us um, your insight on it. Of course. Absolutely. Well, we'll definitely have you back on in the future, maybe for some other sports. We know that you know more than just golf. And now the golf season's over, uh, you'll have a little more time to to dive dive deep into the other sports. Yes, sir.
All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, this has been a. Yes, sir. This has been an, uh, an interview with a uh, PGA certified golf. Yes, sir. Handley. Signing off. Thank yes, you for tuning in. <laughs>